Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, uh, William Halliday. My co-host beside me is Cooper Harrelson. Hello. Cooper. All right. Um, we're, uh, this is just a podcast Cooper and I, uh, thought about starting. Um, I, I'm a writer for the Auburn Plains and, uh, Cooper works with War Eagle Productions. We're avid sports fans. Um, and we both go to Auburn. Um, and so where else to start this podcast than by talking about the game that happened Saturday? Yeah, that was, uh, a heartbreaker for, 59 minutes and 21 seconds. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, no, I, uh, just like Coach Free said, it was just a great, like, college football atmosphere. Like, you cannot beat, like, what happened. Just, like, that's as loud as I've ever heard that stadium. And so, yeah. but it just really sucks, too, because I was at the Iron Bowl two years ago. Mm-hmm. And just have, like, man, those are the two Iron Bowls that I went to. Just the absolute heartbreaker. Right. But, yeah, uh, that was my first Iron Bowl experience, and I gotta say, it was I was engaged the entire time. Um, I mean, from start to finish, it was terrible how it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and play that clip, um, that devastating clip of us losing in that game. Burton and Williams, empty backfield for Jalen Milrow on fourth and goal from the 31. Milrow to throw out of the shotgun with time. Still with time. He looks. He throws to the back of the end zone. It is caught for a touchdown. Isaiah Bond with the catch. That, um, right when that happened, that play happened, Cooper, I just was dead base. And I was like, did he, did, did he not? And yeah. I hear Alabama's fans screaming. And I'm like, oh. all it took for me was all the Bama players rushing the field. Like, yeah. Well, that didn't happen until after game but yeah but like you could see him running on the yeah other. no i yeah yeah it also it was tough because like at first i was like i was playing that through my head i thought it was jermaine burton i thought jermaine burton caught that catch and he's mm-hmm. the best wide receiver mm-hmm. who went for four receptions 107 yards in that game mm-hmm. and unbelievably it was isaiah bond and mm-hmm. it's just like how was he separated from i mean we rushed two mm-hmm. we have yeah. one guy rushed two five yeah and you have what eight guys back there? Mm-hmm. How does that make sense to where you just where there's one person guarding Isaiah Bond, and then you have everybody else on the other side of the field, and it's just he just pushes a, does a light push. I think uh, the player said after the game that he thought he pushed off him, but like yeah. it was pretty just a shh, yeah. light push. Just, just like you know they were calling the game, they were letting him play. I think if you, if you're the ref, you want to have that mentality of like you know we're, we've been letting them play all the time like heck like that face mask call oh we're just going to let them play and that yeah. definitely should have been called oh yeah no there was, was some there were some bad calls in the game but just based off of like you know they're letting them play so like it'd be kind of ridiculous for them to as much as i'd like to see it happen they're not going to call that little push off right no i agree um yeah uh just if we're gonna that one play i mean one play doesn't make or break a game i mean I think everybody can, most people applying to all the sports writers and people that I've heard, it starts with that love to punt. I mean, I, from what I heard is um, uh, that our normal punt returner, um, Nick Keontae Scott, Keontae Scott was, apparently he got hurt the play before mm-hmm. and had to take himself out. Yeah. And the coach didn't even know. And they were very light. And also there's Delta. So much they both have yeah. the same number. Mm-hmm. The person that went in, yeah. so they're just like, oh, it's. Keontae Scott. No, no, it wasn't because yeah. that dude just dropped the punt. And yeah, but it, it was tough on that end because you, if you had the ball in that instance, you wouldn't have been faced that situation. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Auburn got lucky 
because, I mean, a botched snap from Allen from Yale Milrow puts that fourth and 31. I mean, you can't ask for a better situation to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, one possession and stuff doesn't make a game. There were multiple mm-hmm. things in that game that happened. And, I mean, you also had a possibility to go up, I think, like 28 to 20, mm-hmm. dropped by a full touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a pass right inside his hand to it. We ended up kicking a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, I mean, running game looked great. To be honest, I mean, that was great. And then there were a few passes by Peyton Thornton, even though he only had uh, 91 pass yards, um, had two interceptions, but one of them was just at the end of the game. And then, uh, yeah. So, yeah, what you were saying about, you know, just all the multiple opportunities to take advantage of, Coach Reese touched on that at the very end of his press conference. Kind of went unprompted a little bit, but here's what he had to say. Everybody will, will point to, you know, the last plays and – DJ and Coy and everything, but there there are other plays in that game too that you know that make a difference. So it's not just on those two for those kids, and obviously they're magnitude magnified because of the the time to which it was in. But you know we could have put it away with another t- TD down on the five yard line too. You know, and I thought Peyton threw a heck of a ball there and hit our guy right in the in the face mask, and uh, we got to make that play. And so it's not. It's not just those two young men that, uh, and those two plays or coaching decisions on those two plays that we, we, we had other chances too in that, in, in that game. And so, um, anyway, I just wanted to say that. Man, thank you guys for this year. Appreciate your, uh, your covering our program. And I guess we'll visit again toward, bowl, toward, toward the bowl game. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, everything we just said. Mm-hmm. One p- play doesn't make a game. Yeah. Um, but still, a great game, nonetheless. Um, I mean, three guys going for over 50 yards rushing. Jarquez, Jarquez, Hunter. I mean, what can you say from him? Dude, he's out. What, the first two yeah. games of the year? Mm-hmm. Um, And just ended up, like, I don't know, did he end up having a 1,000 yard rushing season? I mean, if not, he was close. Because mm-hmm. dude went off some games. Um, And then just, I think what hurts is just, like, knowing that, like, how we lost um, against New Mexico State, mm-hmm. and like how one of our friends put it, Jay was like, "We put all our eggs in one basket and then didn't pay off in the end." Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, Auburn's going to a bowl game. Um, we'll look as always. Yep. From what I'm hearing from other people, it could be there's a uh, there's a bowl game in Texas. Um, I don't know if you know the name, um, but uh, there's a bowl game in Texas that people are mm-hmm. putting us in. Uh, against possibly Oklahoma State, my vote would be our vote would obviously be Birmingham. Yeah, it's for, yeah, for Vans Oh yeah, but honestly, if it, or maybe Memphis, yeah, or Memphis, Memphis would be great for me because I'm from Memphis, Liberty Bowl, and you awesome. But apparently, that's not the case because every team wants to play in the NFL football stadiums, and I think that's where it is. Um, but yeah, uh, good season, good rebound season from Auburn. First uh, full season under Hugh Freeze. Um, see how he does in the bowl game, who ends up, whether someone transfers or opts out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's going to be difficult with all the, just the world we live in, and opt-outs and all the transfer and draft, and it's just kind of the world we live in. All right. Yeah, no, I agree, Coop. Um, but, yeah, those are just kind of, uh, I mean, from Alabama, they're going into the SEC championship game, but I'm one still playoff hopes alive. Jalen Merritt is having a great season after like being benched in his what third game. Not just Texas game comes back and is 
looked terrific so far, going for 259 yards, two touchdowns in this game. Um, but yeah, um, and we'll get to the game against Georgia and Alabama later on in the uh, in this episode. But um, yeah, um, any final thoughts on that game, Cooper? Yeah, it's just I'm I'm proud of um, the season. I mean, it's you know in a in a way. You could be very disappointed and just like, you know, I predicted we go 7-5, and five, we could have easily done that against New Mexico State. Heck, we could have gone in four. Or 9-3 because we had Georgia and Alabama with them touching. Could have been right to the end of the year. We could have. So, but we're on the up and up. Um, got some good recruits coming. I believe with the recent uh, addition with recruiting, I think Arlen has now it's like a top five class for 2025. Um, yeah. so that's, yeah. so that's huge. And I think, you know, Auburn is definitely going to be an elite program going forward. Yeah, they're, yeah, you're right. They do have a top five and, uh, got some decent players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which is mm-hmm. not where we've been good. I think just if we can recruit, especially at the quarterback and the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, obviously we need it everywhere, but like, I mean, I think you really need wide receivers, whether it's in the portal or green. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's something that's been a struggle in your own. Um, and then just quarterback position, just development there with Peyton Thorne, whether it's him or just Robbie Ashford, really anybody, honestly, just get consistent play and not in just in these big games. Cause I mean, New Mexico state was horrible. Mm-hmm. And was, I mean, you can't have that after you know, absolutely not three straight wins against SMC mm-hmm. and and he looked good. Like mm-hmm. he looked decent and it's just, yeah, yeah but. Anyways, we'll uh, we'll kind of end it there on a good, good, decent first season under Heath Freeze for Auburn football. Um, but we'll end it there for the football mm-hmm. um, segment. Now let's uh, let's move on to basketball because uh, Auburn's got basketball it's now. Basketball season. It is basketball season. Um, the jungle's back. Jungle is back. Um, and it's exciting because it's the we've got an ACC SEC matchup tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auburn basketball versus. Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia Tech, I believe, recently coming off a loss to FAU in the East Invitationals tournament. Um, they're five and two. Auburn's four and one with uh, what the one loss coming to Baylor in a close matchup that was very, you know, a lot of points scored. But uh, yeah, uh, any uh, players you're looking? It, it, well, it'll be interesting because Bruce has always talked about, and even just the most recent game is Alabama A&M. He's talking about putting two halves together, and yeah. I, they have just not done that this year. Yeah, even against Alabama and M, it was a good like thirty point win. Um, but at the same time, like he was like, they got they got outscored by Alabama and M by three in the second half, and so he's just like, you can't have that. He said the first the first half of that game, that can win a lot of games, a lot of SC games. The second one, not one of them. So, um, it's gonna be interesting to see how. If they can put those two halves together finally, and um, I'm expecting a good crowd tonight, um, we're fair by eight and a half. So we'll see. We'll see how it is. I'm looking forward to a good ACC SEC matchup. Yeah, um, be looking for uh, our uh, first uh, first team all SEC preseason uh, pick, Janai Broom, who's uh, gotten off to where he. Where he He's back to where he left off last season with uh, fit, averaging 15.4 points per game and seven, um, 7.6 rebounds per game. But um, it's looking he's looking the part as well as just players from new players we've got. Um, uh, I mean, you've got 
Uh, Aiden Holloway, the freshman, five-star freshman, uh, McDonald's All-American is the broadcast. Like the keeper. Yeah. Um, and he looks the part with a three ball. He looks great. He's kind of, he's not a Sharif Cooper. I mean, he, you can kind of point him to that because of his size and just like skill with the ball. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, he's a decent, he's a decent player. I mean, absolutely. Dude's averaging um, 13.2 points as a freshman um, on 37% field goal percentage. Um, but I'd look for him in uh, Janai Broom to get going um, as well. Um, let's see. Uh, Virginia Virginia Tech, their best player is named Len Kidd. He's a uh, he's a senior, um, six foot ten center. Um, looks like he can rebound the ball pretty well. So Janai, that'll be a matchup you want to look at with Janai. Um, how he can uh, box him out or just make defense on him. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be huge. Auburn currently in Kim Palm is ranked, uh, which is a uh, metric site, um, if you haven't heard of it, is currently ranked uh, 17th in Kim Palm with a, a top 30 offense and a top 20 defense. Um, I think it really helps, too, with the amount of depth that we have. And Coach Pearl said he had a presser yesterday. He said, when we change when we go to the bench, uh, we change when we don't drop off. So I think that's it's a great way of describing um, – the depth that the arbitrators have for sure. So I think the bench matchups are going to be really interesting. Keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, very, very true. Very true. Um, uh, he said in his, uh, presser, um, previewing this, he said that I know I have a team that could score. Pearl said now against Virginia tech, we've got to take care of the ball because they're not going to let us get to our spots. They're going to be physical. So we can stop through things. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a physical game with um, it also, this, I mean, the one, it's a big non-conference game besides Baylor. Um, you've got to have those games. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the tournament you played in um, honestly wasn't the best in terms of non-conference matchups, but, like, I mean, it was a good one that you could win and say you did win that tournament. Um, but, yet you're going to, this is a game you kind of got to win. Um, the offense is looking good, I think. Mm-hmm. Is it easy? Yeah. Ken Bomb, 82 coming four points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it's the fifth time under Pearl that the tires have averaged at least 80 points for a game through Nordan. According to yeah. an article that was made by my uh, colleague, Patrick Bingham. Um, apparently, we're also ranked number seven nationally in time for first in the SEC, averaging 20 assists per game. Okay. So, you could see some uh, plays between Aiden Holloway and just pick and roll, KD Johnson. Can definitely move the ball well. I think mm-hmm. that's something you're going to look for. Crowd's going to definitely get into it. Um, that will be something to watch. Um, we'll make sure. But awesome. But yeah, um, I think it's going to. It's a late game, so eight fifteen. Eight fifteen, man. Um, yeah. So that's something you're going to have to look for um, in this game. Um, but yeah, that that's all I've got on this game. Um, you got Auburn winning this one? I think Auburn's going to win this one. Come out on top. It's not going to be – I feel like it's not going to be pretty, but um, I think it's going to be – I think Virginia Tech covers. Auburn's favored by eight and a half. Mm-hmm. I think Virginia Tech covers, but Auburn sneaks out the win in the end. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, yeah, that's all we've got on the basketball game. Let's um, – Cooper, let's get into our uh, – The triple threat triple segment. Threat. Triple, triple threat, threat segment. This is a segment I just I kind of came up with on the yeah. spot. Cooper said he's all right with it. So um, we're not in this, um, in our podcast, we're not just going to be talking about all Auburn sports. Cooper and I like to talk about multi-sports. 
Um, and then in these three segments, the first, we're going to talk about a few different ones. First one's going to be hockey and what uh, Cooper's seen in the hockey world. I'm not a hockey fan, desperate an avid a hockey watcher. I got a cousin that plays hockey, but and that's really nice. That's all my connection to the sport. But uh, Cooper, yeah. if you got anything, yeah. So Washington Capitals. I'm definitely uh, used to live in D.C. for a couple of years. So uh, big Washington Capitals fan. We have we're ten six and two right now. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's ten ten wins, six losses in regulation, and then two in overtime or the shootout. Um, and so it's been it's been a really solid start. Uh, the Caps were recently on a five-game winning streak. It's really good teams, including the Vegas Golden Knights. We shut them out three nothing at home, and so that was that was huge just to get a good win. We shut them out. So, um, but then we just got absolutely slapped a couple days ago against uh, the Edmonton Oilers, who are eight twelve and one, and we lost five nothing at home against them. So that's not great. And then just two nights ago, Monday night. Lots of the San Jose Sharks, the last place team, two to one on the road. So it seems like we were winning the games that we shouldn't be winning and losing the games that we shouldn't be losing. So that's not exactly a great trend, and the power play is not a great trend either. Uh, the Washington Cowboys, I believe, have not scored a power play goal in over ten games. Which I mean, we're ten six and two. Like we're not in a bad position, but if you want to go make a long run in the playoffs, you definitely need to clean that up. So that's not a great look, but the Cowboys look to bounce back tonight at 9.30 Central Time at the LA Kings. Um, so they're in their West Coast trip right now against the Kings. We got the Ducks next. And then uh, on to Vegas on the road. So a little rematch from earlier this month. Going to Arizona December 4th and then back at home on December 7th against the Dallas Stars. Um, so that's what the Washington Cowboys got going on right now. Just overall, uh, we got the Rangers in the top of the Metro Division. They're doing well under new head coach Pierre Laviolette, who was just at the Capitals last year. Um, and so it looks like Adam Fox is going to be returning Wednesday. Um, is the Red Wings, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. And then, um, yeah, that's all I got. The The Red Wings and the Raiders are going to be playing tonight, 6.30 on TNT. It's going to be the TNT game. So uh, that is all I got for the first of the triple threat. Okay, that's awesome. Thanks for that update on Hockey Cooper. Um, I will be taking this uh, next one, second pit, uh part of the triple threat um it's on college basketball it's kind of my forte um but i kind of like to watch and listen to i don't know if you've heard of this podcast Cooper, the eye on college basketball podcast it's where i get all my latest updates on uh college basketball and the basketball world but um obviously right now we have the sec acc challenges mm-hmm. going on as you've got to know yeah. it's virginia tech um but uh i'd like to kind of just go over some teams that i think you need to keep a lookout for, especially ter- come tournament time. Like, you know, Auburn can play literally anyone. Yeah. Um, but right now, so there was a Maui tournament over, so uh, during Thanksgiving week, you have to set points, uh, kind of theme called uh, Feast Week. And it's, yeah. you basically got a bunch of college basketball tournaments going on every day, all day. Yeah. Um, and the Maui tournament, uh, which Arbor will be in next year, yeah. by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I did not know. 2024. Thank you for that update. I will be watching that next year for sure. 
Um, but this year, um, it was apparently the most stacked tournament they've ever had. Um, four top 10 teams, including uh, Gonzaga, which was ranked number 11, which is basically a top 10 team in and of itself. Um, but uh, you had Purdue, which is ranked, which was ranked number two at the time. And then you had, uh, you had Marquette, no, no, you had Kansas ranked number one, Purdue ranked number two, Marquette ranked number four, and Tennessee ranked number seven. All those teams ended up going to the semifinals of that tournament. And the two that ended up in the championship game were Purdue and Marquette. Those two teams are currently ranked one and two right now, rightfully so, because that was the most stacked tournament of the week. Um, dude, Purdue is the best team of the nation by far. Um, they did lose a, um exhibition game to Arkansas, but Arkansas is falling off right now with one of the players recently getting hurt, one of their best players, I believe. Um, may just be just a small breeze or whatever, but like either way, like they did beat them, but I think that was a game just um, they were just getting their feet wet. Um, but now Purdue looks amazing with a bunch of good wins. Zach Eady, the reigning uh, national player, the Wooden Award National Player of the Year, is probably going to go for a second because he is currently averaging basically a double double with twenty and ten, um, and that's a team you're going to want to look out for as well as Marquette, led by Shaka Smart. Uh, uh, coach says you no, know, uh, just for his tenacity and just like able to spread the floor. Uh, multiple good players, um, Tyler Kulek, um, he's an All American, um, someone you look out for. Um, uh, those are my two picks in turn. Those are just some teams to look out for in terms of the final four. Um, they're both ranked in the top, let's see, top five of Ken Palm. Um, Marquette is ranked seventh in adjusted offensive efficiency, um, what in 15th in defense, and then Purdue's ranked to the top five in both. Um, net rankings, that's something you should look out for in terms of like quad one wins, um, which are basically top 25 ones and just other things like that. Purdue's ranked in the top 10 in that, as well as Marquette. Um, well, actually, yeah, Marquette's outside the top 10. So those are just some statistics. Um, and then you've got Arizona and Duke, um, two teams that faced off early in the season, and Arizona came on top of that one. Caleb Love, if that that's a player some people might know from UNC, He's now on that team looking good um, compared to last season. Um, and then, let's see, Kansas, Hunter Dickinson, he's the number one transfer according to multiple websites. Um, he's on Kansas now. He's Seattle, Michigan, looking good, 24 points and 13 rebounds in his latest win over Eastern Illinois. He's a guy to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, but um, right now in the uh, – so – when it's related to Auburn, the team that Auburn's going to want to look out for in the season is Tennessee because mm-hmm. they're currently ranked. Um, they're the highest-ranked team right now. This, I don't know how it'll look depending on this. If they win the game this week, it might be Kentucky after Kentucky beat Miami mm-hmm. by a good score. That's another team to look out for. But I would say right now – Tennessee's got a good matchup tonight, though. Yeah, Tennessee does against North Carolina, so that'll be a game to look out for. Um, Dolphin Connect is – a player to watch for Tennessee. He is averaging 17.5 points per game. He's probably the best player they've had him in, in terms of offensive end. They also have Santiago Vescomians, the Kai Ziegler, but those two haven't had the start they wanted this at the start of the year. But, yeah, those are just – if you're going to look out for a team in the SEC for all, it's definitely Tennessee. Um, they were the preseason pick to win um, the SEC this year. Um, yeah, that's all I've got on 
college basketball, and we can talk about it more after this week and um, in our next episode. But um, let's go ahead and move on to something we both like to talk about, and that's the NFL. National football. National football. Okay. Um, we're both, um, if you don't know, or if you're listening to this podcast in our, in our fantasy league, you obviously know. But um, Cooper and I are um, – Cooper, where are you? Are you in the middle? I am six and six. I am six plate. I am three and nine, and I have denied for the last <laughs> going into this week right now. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's the game, I, the matchup I have right now, I'm apparently projected. I have a 66% chance of winning. Okay. Uh, I've got AJ Brown and Devo Samuel on my team. Um, but yeah, that's not all we're going to talk about. But just like something to point out is just like we're both in fantasy league. Mm-hmm. And the loser of that matchup might be spending some time with Awful out. <laughs> yep, 24 7. The last place. Uh, You'd want, uh, yeah, plus, you, know, you don't want to spend your night in Waffle yeah. House. If you end up last in the standings after the regular season, yeah. you have to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House, right. minus one hour for every waffle you eat. Yeah. So you could spend 12 hours and eat 12 waffles, yeah. but that does not sound fun. Yeah. It'll be fun for us. Right. But. Um, but yeah, uh, Cooper, I think uh, let's talk about a few games that happened this past weekend. Warren, that you and I were talking about your Texans. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't uh, a good ending there. That was very yeah that was uh i was very frustrated throughout most of the game because there were and look there were bad calls that went against both sides so i'm not like just saying like oh like the texas lost because there were because of the officials but there were some officials that like probably kept us from winning the game for example uh most of you probably saw the the 58 yard field or whatever it was went off the crossbar that would have tied the game if you look at the video, you you would notice that this ball is being snapped from the 40, but Nico Collins, who caught the pass before that led to that play, was tackled at the 39. Oh, man. So, <laughs> yeah. That, that That's a rough spot to be in. I mean, dude, like, this is the backup kicker, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, like, he um he hit it right on the goalpost, just went, bounced right mm-hmm. back. Uh, you just have one more, if you have one more yard in front of you, you probably would have made it. Yeah, for they spotted the ball correctly. Yeah, they spotted the ball correctly. We're at it. Uh, but yeah, that's a tough way to go out. I mean, CJ Stroud and did he end up doing well? Yeah, yeah, he got like thirty fantasy points, I believe. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, he was the leading rusher on the entire team. Oh, so there's that. All right. Well, uh, apparently he's uh, in MVP conversations. Um, he's definitely in the MVP conversations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Cobb, dude, that, he might be the first rookie to win the MVP in a while. Um, I don't know the last one, too, or if there even was one. Yeah. Um, but dude's looking great. Better he, keeper on Tank Dell, too. He is yeah. definitely, like, another Offensive Rookie of the Year in consideration, so... Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then if we want to move on, another game that caught my eye, I got to watch a bit of, was the Eagles-Bills game. Mm-hmm. That went into overtime. I don't know if you got to watch that. It, that, that was painful, too, because the Eagles were in the exact same situation. Long field yeah. goal to send it to overtime, and then they made it, and yeah. then they won the game. Yeah. So well, you know, Jake, what could have been? Jake Elliott is that guy because um, – also, it didn't help because um, – uh, shoot, what's his name? Um, who's Travis Kelsey's brother? And Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. I, I was going to say that. Um, I was blanking. Um, but Jason Kelsey, he had two penalties for him. Dude, they probably could have had like a 50-yard field goal. But instead, they, mm-hmm. he had to hit a, what, like a stick for the yard? Yeah. Like, I mean, Jason Kelsey, like, thanks to thanks to Jake Elliott for making that. Dude, from Memphis, my hometown, I know how good a kicker he is. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, 
he didn't make that, that I don't know what would have happened after that because Bills were doing well. Um, and it's uh, apparently after this game, the Eagles are apparently 17-1, were are on a 17-1 at home. Uh, apparently, I think with Jalen Hurts, maybe. I think that somewhere. Something like that. But they're a great team at home, and that game could have gone terrible with an unsaved loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it would just, but I mean, the Bills really need that win to stay in the playoff picture. But mm-hmm. now they're just tied with a bunch of other people. Yeah, right? in the hunt. Yeah, in the hunt. So um, Josh Allen went for 339 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, it's just not a good year for the Bills. Um, would really like to see them in the playoffs because I think that would make it a lot better. Right. You know, maybe the Denver Broncos take this. Yeah. That's pretty – yeah. Under arm looks great. Um, and just some other people too. Yeah, well, uh, doubt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then one, one other thing I think I mentioned – oh, don't, don't have that come up. Um, but one other thing I, I wanted to mention, uh, I was watching something on ESPN, uh, Mad Dog on first take, mm-hmm. and he was pointing out, why are the Bears on national television? I'm kidding. Why do they have five games on national television? And Texans have none. Yeah, and they're like one of the worst teams. They haven't played that primetime game in like two years. Yeah. Sleep. <laughs> it's just like it doesn't make sense with this broadcasting schedule, especially. All, all the Texans games this year are 12 o'clock games. Really? All of them. Um, no, like we, we did. We we're supposed to have a 3 o'clock game against the Broncos next week. Uh, but that got flexed at 12 o'clock, so um, it's all of them are 12 o'clock now, so. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that that was just something that caught my eye. I noticed it, too, because I see it on football. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. like a game to watch where I, that actually is a yeah, nice you know, I put it like Eagles, Bills, or just like yeah. Little Texas and Jag- yeah. Jaguars. I mean, that's just, those are the games I like watching with great quarterbacks um, playing. But, um, yeah, that that's. Kind of the NFL segment. Um, we'll update you on how I end up doing in fantasy this coming week, and if I'm going to Waffle House or not. But Cooper said he's he, he doesn't have to worry about it. He, he he's in the playoffs. I got I got a pretty decent. I think I got like a 67 percent chance, like two thirds of going to the playoffs or winning. I got a 69 percent chance of getting to the playoffs. Well, I'm out. You got a zero percent. We'll we'll see how I do, and then Cooper, you know, can just brag on how well he's doing um, next week. Well, I'm not going to get a lemon in the first round. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to <laughs> That's a matter. There's no incentive to even winning. Really. No, there's it's not. There's not, not losing. That's what it's just like. If I can even win this game, I'm like, dude, I'm basically the same as y'all because I didn't get, I didn't have to go to Waffle Up. Um, but yeah. So uh, that's uh, our triple threat segment. Hello, everyone. Pardon the interruption. At this point of the episode, we're going to pick some college football games happening the weekend of us recording. But unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we cannot include that segment today. As a result, this marks the end of the episode. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.